This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Well, uh, this morning I have a, a word to, to minister. The Lord changed my message as He does at times. Sometimes you'd like it a little earlier, but... Um, had a, uh, a message already I was going to talk about uh, being leaders and our, our influence, but um, he wanted me to talk about prayer, and I've, I'm calling this series Secret Place Prayer, because I, I believe it's a need, and I believe it's something that we have to have, especially if we look at America and the things that are going on in the earth. Um, we need to pray. America needs us to pray. And it was probably about a month ago, I had a dream. Uh, during the time I was away, I had so many dreams, and um, th this dream was uh, alarming because uh, it was while uh, Robin Sean were around the country. I, I had this, this dream. It was an alarm going off, and it was like a battleship uh, you hear the emergency horn. It was like that. It was going off. It was just blaring. And it, it woke me up. And uh, I, knew, I knew it was the Lord. Because when I woke up, I just said, Lord, can't I sleep a little longer? Now, that's humbling to tell you. This, this man of faith went, can I sleep some more? <laughs> I want to sleep. And uh, I laid down to, to, to go back to sleep. And actually, I was laying, I was talking, laying down. Oh, Lord, can't sleep. And I don't know how long it, it was, but the, it, got, it happened again. I hear this blaring uh, uh, alarm going off, emergency, emergency. And I heard, wake up. And, and this time, it was... Um, it was not the, the same as the first time. It was uh, much more uh, direct, and, and God was saying, get up. And uh, I got up, and what was interesting, I kept hearing this alarm as I was getting up. It, it went past the, the, the dream state or whatever till I was awake getting up, and it did not stop until I got out of bed. And then the alarm stopped. And I thought at first, has our alarm gone crazy or something, you know, but it, w it wasn't on. And I immediately went to, uh, to prayer. And my first thought, it was such an emergency thing. I, I, I wondered, you know, who it was. I thought about Ram and Shana being out in the country, prayed nothing there grandkids, and church, you know, family, just, is there something going on? And it was nothing. It was just like, wake up. And probably um, about five days ago, this, this same dream came to me, and the Lord said, it's for now, and it's for the body. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to pray and not to uh, be out of the game, but not spectators, but in play, fully engaged in what God has called us to do. And prayer is such an important part of that. And it, it seems like we're in a generation where people don't want to pray. And, or it just doesn't seem to be the hunger like I used to see to pray. And I, I know people are, are praying but I'm saying, as in general, I think there's a, a need for prayer. There's a need for us to rise up and pray. And I, I think it's time for the body of Christ to, to know that, that prayer works. And if you want to be an overcomer, if you want to win in this life, if you want to have peace in the days that we live in, you're going to have to pray. You're going to have to be a person of prayer, a person of the Word, in order to overcome in these days that we're living in. I mean, you can watch the news and you're going, where are we headed? And, uh, and, and disturbing things. I mean, I, 
we have uh, these two shootings. I couldn't even uh, I couldn't even look at it. And I know you go through due process and all that stuff, but just looking and then the the thing in in Dallas. We've got to pray and be the the light that God has called us to be. And uh, the Lord just, um, it was a Friday, he just poured out and gave me a a short message I put on uh, Facebook. And um, if you're not a friend of mine on Facebook, become a friend, you can read that. But at the end, it actually turned into a prophetic word. Uh, this thing just came to me just like this. I'm just putting putting it down in no time. And the end of it was, <clears throat> this is the body of Christ. This is our greatest hour. This is our opportunity to show that we're different. See, there should be no racism in the body of Christ. We've been made one by the blood of Jesus. And we need to carry forth that message. And we need to stand against all evil. We need to stand against uh, where there's corruptness. And we need to let the light shine. Because the devil's trying to divide and conquer. But the body of Christ, it says that people will look and see that the body of Christ will see the love that they have for each other. And that will turn the tide. That will cause people to say, there is a God in heaven. Because there's no way these two would even be walking together. But there is a God in heaven, and his name is Jesus. And we can point the way and show people how to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And even the things that, I'm not on Facebook a whole lot, but there's been times I've gotten on there, and even from Christians, I'm reading things, I'm going, that's a Christian that put that? It's so unscriptural, so ungodly. It's, it's, the, it's division and and it's not of the Lord. If you're a Christian, put something on there to lift up, speak the truth. Don't put a bunch of garbage out there. Makes me think garbage in, garbage out. Where are you putting in you? So we need to pray. And, and, and prayer is, is really a lot more than we think. In Job 21, verse 15, because I really believe that prayer will set your life in order. Prayer is when you set your heart. Prayer is when you change your heart and set it to line up with God. In Job 21, verse 15, who is the Almighty that we should serve Him, and what profit do we have if we pray to Him? It seems to me like there is a... uh, you know, we'll have a situation going on and, and we've done everything we know to do and then we'll say, well, I guess I just have to pray. <laughs> we should pray first and then do your things. You should pray first. See what God says. And we need to be a praying people. He said my house would be called a house of prayer. So we need to be praying. The enemy's lie is there's no benefit to praying, that you're wasting your time. That's the lie of the enemy. And we got to know that the truth, the truth is it's the most powerful thing that you can do is get God to intervene in your situation. To get God to intervene in the affairs of man. It's powerful. And we have an opportunity. Last week when I talked about you meet a celebrity. I talked about uh, my younger son. He, the governor invited him to his mansion for lunch. And he had, there was, uh, there was three of them that had lunch. And what a, yes, that's an honorable thing. But let me tell you, there's no greater honor than than meeting one-on-one with God Almighty. And that's the honor that's been given to every believer and to every Christian that we can meet one-on-one with God. No wonder the enemy fights time of prayer. No wonder he fights us being in the Word. No wonder he wants us so busy 
that we don't have time for God. Truly, that scripture says that people in the last days will be running to and fro. Well, that's the world. It's not to be the culture of the church. The church should be at a slower pace or at least makes time to be with God. I believe Christians do want to pray. I believe the Lord was speaking to me. They don't know how. And we need to we need to see how to pray. I believe this series will be life-changing for some of you because some of you are, are in the mindset of praying according to the Old Covenant. And I'm going to bring it into New Covenant prayer and just go through the mechanics and what you need to do to pray. Because I believe if you start seeing some benefits, and you can't stop. <laughs> if you start seeing some benefits... Why do you think when they get you on a diet, they're going to try and get you to lose some weight as fast as possible? Because if you can see some benefit, I believe if you can see some answered prayer, if you can see some benefit of praying, there's no stopping you. But through disappointments, through uh, some failures, and, and there will be some. I'll be honest with you. You're not going to be 100%. It's not because of God, it's because of us. It's because of us. But that should cause you to say, Lord, whatever it was, I need to change. Change me. Because I know that you're the true God. You're a good Father. And your promises are yes and amen in Christ. So it should cause us to contend for the faith. It shouldn't cause us to back up and, and shrink away. But the enemy will come and he says, look, the finances didn't come in. You're struggling financially, so let's change your theology. And what happens is we start changing. We go, you know, God wants me poor. He wants me broke. He wants me struggling. Why do we do that? Because we want to feel better. So we'll change our theology to make us feel better. Or God's a, a healer and we don't receive our healing. Well, God wants me sick. God wants me not to have good health. It's not true. Just like the insurance companies, an act of God, tornadoes, tsunamis, earthquakes, act of God. You don't find that in the new covenant. There's no time that God ever said, look, earthquake, come in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Earthquake, earthquake, God sending earthquakes. There will be a time of judgment, and when that time comes, there will be no, I wonder if that was God. There will be no wonder. I tell you what, everything he does, he's excellent at. <laughs> but if you look at the new covenant, since the price has been paid, God is not wiping out people. Aren't you glad? Some of us might have been wiped out. <laughs> what happened over here? I don't know. A lightning bolt just came down and zapped Bob's house. It's gone. But no, we live in a new covenant where the blood of Jesus has been shed for us. And we have been forgiven. We have been redeemed. We're on the other side of the cross. The price has been paid for your sins. The price has been paid for your guilt, your shame. Every place that you missed it, every disappointment, every regret, every place of wrong thought, one wrong speaking, whatever, has been paid in full by the blood of Jesus. That's our new covenant. What a great time to be alive. You know, God trusted and knew that you'd be born at this time. You weren't born out of season. You weren't born out, out of time. Oh, if I could have just lived during Little House on the Prairie times. You wouldn't have made it. You've been complaining all the time. I've got to go where to go to the bathroom. I've got to go where to get water. i got to do what? I was born out of time. I should have been born at a different time. God had you born for this time because he knew exactly 
when you were to be born, when you needed to be in this earth. He has a purpose for you and a plan for you now. But I'm saying get engaged in that plan. Don't back up, run to God. Run to Him and get busy for Him. I talk to people in there in different situations. You know, they have different problems. And they'll say they're praying about it. And they'll say, that's great. You're praying. What are you praying? And they'll, uh, kind of, well, I'm, I'm just praying. No, what are, what are you praying? Well, um, and they'll come up with some, you know, scripture. I say, well, okay, that's one thing. What else are you praying? Well, nothing. Do you believe that one scripture in your heart? Have you owned that scripture? Is there a part of your heart? No. You're not really praying. This thing comes out of the heart. Secret place means intimacy with God. It's out of the heart. Now we have a, prayer is a running dialogue with God all, all day long inside. But there should be a set aside time that you are focused on Him and Him alone. That your focus is there and you're listening to Him. And you're talking to Him. And you're, you're in, the, in the Word. You're worshiping Him. Praise and worship is a part of prayer. And we're praising Him. And having fellowship and communion with Him. In the secret place. It's protection. Jesus is our example. He's our model. And all our prayers need to go through the Jesus test. What's a Jesus test? Jesus test that my prayer needs to be filtered as his disciple and applying his, his word in my life. I have to look at his life, Jesus' teaching, the way he treated people. I have to look at his death, burial, and resurrection. The Jesus test. And I pray through that filter of the cross. I, I talk to God. I listen to Him. But it's all through Jesus. If you want the true picture of the Father, look at Jesus. Look to Him. Because He represented, He was the Father. He said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now was the Father the same in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant? Absolutely. He was. What has changed? The blood has been shed. The, the terms have changed of our covenant. Now, I'll talk about that in a minute. But Jesus is our model. What did he do? He prayed regularly. Jesus prayed a lot. Now, Jesus was sinless and prayed a lot. We pray a little. And sin a lot. <laughs> Have to throw that in there. Maybe we should follow Jesus' example and be praying. Be speaking to Him. Have that communion with Him. America needs our prayers. This in your notes. Prayer is man giving God legal access. To intervene in the affairs of man. In the 1980s, there was a, a prayer movement was involved in, and many of you probably were. Uh, Larry Lee uh, was one of the uh, leaders of this movement. It was, everyone was was praying, and we saw a lot of answer prayers. A lot of things were happening. I think it kind of got off course. When it started getting off course is when it became a a bragging issue. Uh, it was not uncommon when someone would say, well, how much did you pray? How many hours were you praying? And the thing was, um, if you had a job, it was very difficult to start keeping up. Three hours of prayer, four hours of prayer. If you have responsibilities... 
And what happened is most people couldn't do it. And it started going the wrong way. You had this badge of honor. I prayed so many hours. And I can remember getting up in, in the morning, being so sleepy, so tired. And I, I'd heard about, um, it was Jerry Savelle, actually. He would stand on his bathtub to keep him awake. He said, that way if I fall, I'm, it's going to be bad. And uh, I tried that once. I said, that's for him. I sat on the tub. And this is the truth. I was going through this. I was working overtime at work, and I was just wiped. I heard the Lord speak to me, and he said, such wisdom, such kindness, go to bed. <laughs> Next morning, I was refreshed, happy. What happened to you? I heard from God. Oh, I got a word. What was the word? Go to bed. <laughs> so we get legalistic. So I'm not going, in this series, I'm not going to make you feel guilty about length of time. Or I'm not even going to talk about length of time. It's between you and the Lord, really. I'm, I'm going to talk about when you do pray, how to pray. That's my, that's my goal in this series. And, um, and, I believe it will make a difference in your lives. Also during this time, people thought prayer was everything. They stopped witnessing. Um, they stopped cleaning the church, serving. <laughs> they, they stopped all that because all you had to do was pray. And uh, that's not true. If you pray, you'll find yourself acting and doing so it, it got, off, got off course. I was leading an intercessory prayer uh, team at my church. And we would pray over the, uh, the guests that would visit the church. And I can remember this so plain. Um, we were up at the altar and we were praying. I had this, this man that I was praying for. And... I was going through my prayer and said, Lord, send laborers across his path. Minister to this man truth. Lord, he needs to know that you are the one who redeemed him and saved him. I'm going through my thing, and God interrupts me. Imagine that, interrupting my prayer. It's because he couldn't get a word in edgewise, probably. I mean, so he had to interrupt me. I don't think he's rude, <laughs> but he interrupted me. And he said, I sent you. Lord, I'm praying, I sent you. I stopped the whole team. And I said, the Lord just told me this. Prayer's not the only thing. It's a part. It's an important part we can't do without. But you still got to witness. You still got to serve. You got to reach out to people. You got to invite them to church. You're not going to just pray them, Lord, invite them. No, he's giving you a mouth and a, a phone. Call them. <laughs> Talked about some reasons to, to pray, and this is really just uh, introduction this morning. But prayer keeps us from entering into temptation. This is, uh, there's many reasons I'm just going to cover, just uh, I think three here, but this is a, a tremendous blessing from prayer. In Matthew 26, verse 40, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So active prayer life will cause you not to enter into temptation. That's a powerful truth if you'll get in the secret place if you'll pray the holy spirit will cause you to be so sensitive to those things that will hurt you and harm you that you'll not enter into the temptation it will protect you he will guide you and protect you 
And there's many temptations out there. And they can overtake you, but if you have secret place time, if you have prayer time, God will cause you not to enter at temptation because you've changed. You're more sensitive. You're hearing this voice. Temptation is more than being tempted to do evil. It means to test, to try, to scrutinize that which causes you to strain. In other words, you can pass the test because of your prayer life. The test of life. Am I going to do the word or am I going with the world or with the enemy? Prayer will cause you to pass that test. It will cause you to get through that trial. Prayer is powerful. Next, prayer is our way to receive from the Lord. Mark 11, 24. I tell you, you pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. You got to believe that you received what you prayed for. If you don't believe after you prayed that you, God heard you and you received, then you're not really praying. If you don't know the will of God, you can't pray with faith. You don't need to be praying if you don't know God's will. Now, unless you're praying, Lord, teach me, or I give you my will. It's a surrendering thing. Lord, I give you my will because I want your will in my life, and I surrender to you. So many times we're just rambling, just talking a lot, and it's not really any heart belief or, or faith there. We're thinking, well, that was a great time of prayer because uh, we talked for uh, a good amount of time here, but you're just babbling. There was no faith. There was no heart connection. And we think we're heard for much speaking. But that's, that's not what the Scriptures tell us. Next prayer is God's will for you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, without ceasing here means in a general sense. This is talking about that dialogue you have with the Lord all day long. Inside, you're talking to Him. And that's what this is talking about. It doesn't mean that you don't get a job. It doesn't mean that you don't work. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. So he's saying that you can have this intimacy. You're carrying the Holy Spirit with you. You could say that the secret place is inside you because he's there. And you can commune together all day long. James 5.13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. If you're suffering, don't complain. Pray. Pray. And what this tells me, there's relief for suffering through prayer. And it's the will of God that you're not to be suffering, but to pray. And receive from Him. In this day and time, there's a lot of people suffering from being afraid. A lot of people are in fear. But I tell you how peace comes, get in the secret place. Peace will overtake you. And you'll get relief. From that fear. Several types of prayer. Uh, I mentioned uh, we know praise and worship is a part of prayer. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is talking, listening to God. There's intercession praying for others. There's supplication, petitions, and we'll, we'll talk about that. How do we pray? Luke 11, 1 says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he sees that one of the disciples saying, Lord, teach us to pray. Even as John taught his disciples pray, teach us to pray. This is a common thing. Uh, even his disciples had seen Jesus praying. And, and this question was, teach us to pray. And, and Jesus taught them. And like I said, we're going to look at that. But he gave some guidelines to avoid. He said, don't pray with repetition. Praying the same prayer over and over. And many of us have... Uh, uh, prayer books, and, and they're good. And I, I've got them. You can use them. They can teach you different scriptures or whatever. And, but 
You don't just stick with that just saying the same thing over and over. A lot of people take the Lord's Prayer and they pray it over and over when Jesus said, don't repeat the same thing over and over. Because he wants the heart involved. And, and we'll talk about um, that some more, but it's really a guideline. He said, Matthew 6, verse 5, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. They love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So he's saying here your motive is not to be seen by people. And uh, I can tell you stories when uh, another church I was at when I became an elder and just how things changed and the way some people treated me. And the way they wanted to impress with prayers and uh, actually I stopped going to prayer being honest, because it, it became a thing. Everyone was just trying to impress me. And I told the pastor, I'm not going to prayer anymore. Wait, Bob, you love to pray. And I told him why. He said, I understand. The motive of the heart. You need to get, you need to have a place you can get alone, that you can be loud or soft or whatever, not be heard, that you can talk to God. And you can share your heart, you can listen to him, talk to him, you can release faith. What I'm talking about, that prayer is not just, it's connection of the heart. That's when you're getting business done in prayers, when you're connecting your heart with it. It's not just going through the motions, there's a connection. If you're repeating words over and over, it's just like a parrot repeating words. Prayer is about connecting with God intimately. Prayer is setting your life in order. You're deliberately establishing God's will in your life. And that's what I want to talk about briefly this morning. You're establishing the will of God. Or you could say I'm establishing the kingdom of God in my life through prayer. And it's one of the things that God wants us to do. His rule, you know, when we talk about His kingdom, His rule and reign in my life. Where's the kingdom of God? In me, inside of you. So He wants to establish His rule and reign inside of you. Inside establishing His kingdom on the earth. When He said, Jesus said, uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be down on the earth as it is in heaven. He was talking to us. He meant for us to establish the kingdom of God in our life. He's saying, Jesus, you can put the life of God in any area of your life, any part of your life, or you can choose not to. Establishing the kingdom in my life. And Jesus, you, you rule in this area, wherever it is. And he wants, of course, every area. We pray every day. Why every day? Because things change every day. And what a glorious thing that we can have his wisdom and his guidance for today. We can win for that day because we can go to him. Wherever we face, we win. New Covenant prayer, we want to make sure the, the finished work of Christ. Stop asking God to do what he's already done. And that's one of the things in the New Covenant that we really need to have understanding on. Because uh, actually, if you're asking him to do something that's already done, you're, you're speaking unbelief. And we want to connect with God. Pray in the Greek and your notes means to turn to, to bring to or near, turn the mind to, attend to or guard. And you can see the understanding of each of these. Heed to and to be attentive to yourself. In the Hebrew, prayer Pray means to judge and recognize, reconcile. So uh, let me say, how can we go to the Old Covenant and get the meaning of prayer? Because every word that God spoke is still the truth. Even if it's in the Old Covenant, it is true. Every word that God has spoken is still 
vital, and uh, we can apply it to our life. If you look in the Old Covenant, there was blessings, there was the benefits, and we have benefits and blessings in the New Covenant. The only thing that's changed is the terms by which we experience the covenant. And we're not trying to get God's approval or get him to do something. He's already done it in Christ. So we're coming from a different place, a different mindset when we pray from a new covenant perspective. So this pray means to judge them, reconcile. Judge is never seen as a good word. It's usually a very negative word. It's the same tense here, though, that you use when we say uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians about communion, judge yourself. It's to judge yourself, to find yourself approved unto God. That's the judgment, to find myself approved by God. And it's the same way here. It's judging yourself to find yourself approved by God. So it's not a negative thing. It's actually a positive thing in this sense. And you'll see, I won't get to it this time, but it, it links into binding and, and loosing, which has uh, really very little to do with the devil because uh, the devil's already defeated. He's beneath our feet. But having an understanding uh, what that means. But... Declaring what is legal, lawful, acceptable, or what is unlawful, illegal, and unacceptable based on the finished work of the cross, based on what God has said. So you can look in your own life, and let me use the word science judge, assess. Assess your life. Is there anything in me that God has declared to be illegal, unlawful, and unacceptable? Something that Jesus paid the price for me to be free from. If I find that, I need to get it out of my life. But it said to judge and reconcile. After you've judged and evaluated, you also reconcile. It's where the scripture says, the Bible says in the New Covenant, we, we're to put off and to put on. We put off what God has declared to be unlawful, paid for by the blood of Jesus, and we put on what we have in Jesus. So if you see something that you don't have that Jesus paid for, you put it on. Say, no, I declare that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am secure in my identity, my relationship with you, because you paid the price, you paid the price where I could be your son. Say, I'm a son of God. Say, I'm a daughter of God. See, that's who you are. And when something else comes on you that's not lining up with that, you cast it off. You bind it. You bind it and throw it. Cast it off and you put on Christ. You put on what he said. You reconcile yourself to truth, what God says. And you do this in prayer. You get before God, you say, God, I'll open my heart. Is there anything in me that's unlawful, illegal, unacceptable? Is there anything in me that Jesus paid the price for me to be free from? And maybe a good place to start is your love walk. How Assess, how do I treat other people? Do I give them dignity and and value to I love them. No matter how they're treating me, I respond in love. And you assess that. And where you need to put off, you put off and you put on. The love of God comes out of my heart to everyone I meet. 
That's what you're doing in prayer. You're setting your heart in alignment. This is where you make those heartfelt decisions. And the Holy Spirit will speak to you and say, Look, you need to do this. You need to take this step. And maybe if there's some unforgiveness, you go. And you have to go to that person. And you don't go and ask forgiveness like this. I'm sorry for what you did to me. What? Say what? <laughs> I'm sorry that you were for what I did, but I'm so sorry for the way you reacted to it. <laughs> That's not forgiveness. Well, they'll take advantage of me, Pastor. That's okay. There's some eyes on you called Father, and He will reward you openly. We're free will beings. We make our own decisions. We choose the life of God or we can choose not to have the life of God in that situation through negativity or self-talk, depression, just poor self-image, identity crisis, and we can choose not to have the life of God in our life. Or we can default to what the world gives us. Whatever the world brings me, I'll just take that. Well, no thank you. Don't want what the world brings us. And I tell you what, Jesus paid too high of a price. Too high of a price for me to settle for what the world brings me. Too high of a price for me not to choose the life of God in every part of my life. He paid the price for me to have abundant life. So I choose life. I choose his way. Is it hard sometimes? Yes, there's a there's humbling there. There's times that you have to change things. But let me tell you what's harder is not doing it God's way. It's harder. I want to establish in my life what God paid for me to have. Through Jesus and that death, burial, and resurrection. I want to get out of my life what God says has no right in my life based on the finished work. So I'm going to identify anything in my life that doesn't line up. And once you start getting in that mode, God will show you some things. And he, he doesn't do it in a bad way. He's, the Holy Spirit's not mad at you. He's coming to help you, to help you grow and help you be strong. It's a good thing to evaluate, to assess your life. And there's the Holy Spirit. They didn't have that in the Old Covenant, but we have the Holy Spirit to help us. And He'll illuminate and show you some things. And you can make some changes. And then we're establishing the kingdom in our life. We make the choice that Jesus is my king and he rules in my life. So we have to choose to put off anything in our life that does not line up with what we have in Jesus. And we have to choose to put on our, in our life anything that Jesus gave us through that finished work. So you see why sometimes people are praying and it's not prayer at all. They're actually praying doubt and unbelief and mistrust of God. And what they're saying is, God, you're going to have to do something bigger and better than putting Jesus on the cross to die for us. God, won't you do something? He's already done something. He's waiting on us. God, won't you please save my brother? Won't you save him? Won't you save him? He's already paid the price. He's already paid the price. He's already paid the price for his salvation. We're his hands and feet. I'm going to stop here.
leave the rest of this to later. I want us to pray. If you never accepted the Lord, let's, let's bow our heads for a moment. If you never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, or today, let me ask this, if you have decided to evaluate your life and ask God to help you do that. No one looking around. I want you to lift your hand and say, I heard the message today. I'm going to do some evaluating. I'm going to assess some things in my life. So see those hands. Thank you. Put them down. That's where you grow. That's where things change. See, we need the kingdom of God in the earth. We're the people that have the kingdom inside. Jesus loves you. He died for you. You don't have to go to a devil's hell. He has a place prepared for you when you depart from this earth down heaven. And it's heavenly. It's an awesome place. If you need Jesus Christ today, if you need to make him the Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Maybe you prayed this before, but you know you're not living right. You're not connected. And you want to get back. You want to come back home and be with him, be with the Lord. If that's you, I want you to slip up your hand. Say, that's me, and we'll pray together. God welcomes you open arms into his family. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Say, Father, thank you for Jesus who died for me. He took my sins. He took my guilt. He took all my fears. He took my condemnation. And now because of Jesus, he has judged me righteous. My debt's been paid in full for all eternity. Jesus, come into my life. I make you the Lord and my Savior. And I'll live for you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to stand as we conclude just for a moment. I want you to, I want us to pray for our nation. If you can, if somebody's by you, let's just grab their hand. There's agreement. There's power. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for America. We thank you for this nation. And God, we lift up our, our president. We lift up our, our Congress, those elected uh, officials, Lord, uh, the leaders of our nation. And God, we pray that you you move them to make decisions according to your plan and your will. God, we pray that the, the devastation and the lives that have been hurt. Father, we pray for the body of Christ to join, to unite in strength and unity. That we're one body. That we're together. Help us to always see that the enemy is not flesh and blood. But the enemy is a a rogue spirit, a defeated spirit who's the father of lies and who wants to bring death, who wants to steal, steal kill, and destroy lives that God loves. And we come against him in the name of Jesus and we declare he is beneath our feet. And it's time for the glorious church to arise and stand for truth and declare what is wrong and what is evil as evil. To stand up for justice and righteousness. But the Bible says that 
The prayers of a righteous man or woman avail much. And God, this is our nation. And we purpose to pray. We purpose to lift up our voice. To intercede and to stand for righteousness to prevail in our land. It says where the righteous are in leadership. There's a delightful land. There is peace. And God, we speak for that righteousness to prevail in our land. And for that peace. And God, we understand that we're divinely protected because we're in your hands. And we're your servants. We're your ambassadors. We represent you. We represent home. We represent you and every person that we meet, every place that we go. And God, we make a decision to bring forth the love of God, to bring forth the power of God, to pray for people, to see them delivered and set free and to make a difference in our world. And God, every place that we've been complacent, every place that we've been passive, God, may we be full of your fire to pray and get on our knees. Give us your passion. Burn within us because there's people lost and they're going to hell. And we have the answer. God, help us to invite people to church. Help us to minister to those around us. Not in an arrogant way. Not in a belittling way. Not in a judgmental way. If it weren't for the grace and the mercy of God, where would any of us be? God, we thank you. We humble ourselves and we pray. And we thank you that you hear from heaven. We turn from any wickedness in our life. We put it off. And we put on the love of God. And Lord, you told us you would heal the land. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said, amen and amen. Give him thanks. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.